Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Have you ever been anointed with oil by the elders of your church? Well, I have never been literally, but I have been spiritually, and I'll bet you have, too. Hey, hopeful, welcome to episode 1955 of this journey together through the Bible. And we got about 10 weeks, and we're going to wrap up the New Testament for the sixth time through. And uh, happy Family Friday. Uh, No, I've never been anointed with oil, but I trust that today we'll put a little context on that whole bit. And uh, thank you to those of you that I communicated with this week. You don't know what a blessing you are when uh, I'm not just talking into a microphone, but with real people. Today we wrap up the book of James, and after you hear the context, I will share a quick note on that whole anointing with oil thing that I hope puts a, uh, gives it a little context. James, chapter 5. Come now, you rich people. Weep and wail over the miseries that are coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and your clothes are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have stored up treasure in the last days. Look, The pay that you withheld from your workers who mowed your fields cries out, and the outcry of the harvesters has reached the ears of the Lord of armies. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and have indulged yourselves. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous who does not resist you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and late rains, you also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another, so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Above all, brothers and sisters, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any oath, but let your yes mean yes and your no mean no, so that you won't fall under judgment. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruit. My brothers and sisters, 
If any among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And that is James chapter 5. So, a note from the NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible Notes. Oil was thought to have medicinal value in the ancient world. See also Luke 10, 34. So James might be encouraging the elders to combine prayer with appropriate medicinal procedures. I thought that's important, right? But anointing with oil often, more often, symbolized setting apart someone for the Lord's special attention, right? like when kings or priests were appointed by being anointed. Probably then, the anointing is a way of assuring the sick person that they are being brought before the Lord for his merciful consideration. So there you go. Have you been anointed with oil? Well, unless your elders have never prayed for you, and I'm sure they have if they're, <laughs> if they're the real deal, then uh, we have all been anointed with oil, figuratively or literally. Turning to our Old Testament segment, we get to a lesson in humility that emerges from a kind of weird ending to this era that we've been in, talking about Hezekiah. I'm going to pick up today in Isaiah, and then we'll finish it up in Kings. Isaiah, chapter 38. In those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, This is what the Lord says, Set your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I am going to add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you and this city from the grasp of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. This is the sign to you from the Lord that he will do what he has promised, I'm going to make the sun's shadow that goes down on the stairway of Ahaz go back ten steps. So the sun's shadow went back the ten steps it had descended. A poem by King Hezekiah of Judah after he had been sick and recovered from his illness is thus. I said, in the prime of my life, I must go to the gates of Sheol. I am deprived of the rest of my years. I said, I will never see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I will not look on humanity any longer with the inhabitants of what is passing away. My dwelling is plucked up and removed from me like a shepherd's tent. I have rolled up my life like a weaver. He cuts me off from the loom. By nightfall, you make an end of me. I thought until the morning... He will break all my bones like a lion. By nightfall, you make an end of me. I chirp 
like a swallow or a crane. I moan like a dove. My eyes grow weak looking upward. Lord, I am oppressed. Support me. What can I say? He has spoken to me, and he himself has done it. I walked along slowly all my years because of the bitterness of my soul. Lord, by such things people live, and in every one of them my spirit finds life. You have restored me to health and let me live. Indeed, it was for my own well-being that I had such intense bitterness. But your love has delivered me from the pit of destruction, for you have thrown all my sins behind your back. For Sheol cannot thank you, death cannot praise you, those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. The living, only the living can thank you as I do today. A father will make your faithfulness known to his children. The Lord is ready to save me. We will play stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. Now Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of pressed figs and apply it to his infected skin so that he may recover. And Hezekiah had asked, What is the sign that I will go up to the Lord's temple? And pause here for a second. That's chapter 38, and now we're going to read chapter 39. But I want you to keep it in context here. If there are two really big parts of the book of Isaiah. The first is condemnation, which is chapters 1 through 39. And then chapters 40 through 66 is consolation, right? The remnant returns home, and Isaiah has often been called like the gospel of the Old Testament. So that's coming. In the meantime, hear how it ends up in terms of the flavor of the book of Isaiah. At that time, Merodach-Baladon, son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. Hezekiah was pleased with the letters, and he showed the envoys his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the precious oil, and all his armory, and everything was found that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his palace and in his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then the prophet Isaiah came to King Hezekiah and asked him, What did these men say, and where did they come to you from? Hezekiah replied, They came to me from a distant country, from Babylon. Isaiah asked, What have they seen in your palace? Hezekiah answered, They have seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything in my treasuries that I didn't show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of armies. Look, the days are coming when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until today will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants who come from you, whom you father, will be taken away and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, there will be peace and security during my lifetime. <laughs> and 
That, my friends, is a bit of weird, right? Even godly men have their moments of failure, and Hezekiah was no exception. And I don't know, let's just show the emissary of the foreign king uh, all your goodies. And uh, as you know from the last several days, Judah finally fell to Babylon in 586 BC. Second Kings chapter 20. In those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Set your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Isaiah had not yet gone out of the inner courtyard when the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the Lord's temple. I will add 15 years to your life. I will rescue you and this city from the grasp of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Bring a lump of pressed figs. So they brought it and applied it to his infected skin, and he recovered. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah, What is the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the Lord's temple on the third day? Isaiah said, This is the sign to you from the Lord that he will do what what he has promised. Should the shadow go ahead ten steps or back ten steps? Then Hezekiah answered, It is easy for the shadow to lengthen ten steps. No, the, let the shadow go back ten steps. So the prophet Isaiah called out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow back the ten steps it had descended on the stairway of Ahaz. At that time, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he had heard that he had been sick. Hezekiah listened to the letters and showed the envoys his whole treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, and his armory, and everything that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his palace and in all his realm that Hezekiah didn't show them. Then the prophet Isaiah came to King Hezekiah and asked him, Where did these men come from and what did they say to you? Hezekiah replied, It came from a distant country, from Babylon. Isaiah asked, What have they seen in your palace? Hezekiah answered, They have seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything in my treasuries that I didn't show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Look, the days are coming when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until today will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants who come to from you, whom you father, will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, Why not, if there will be peace and security during my lifetime? The rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign, along with all his might and how he made the pool and the tunnel and brought water into the city, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. Hezekiah rested with his ancestors and his son Manasseh became king in his place.
Wow. You know what? I went looking for an answer for the that bit of weirdness, like Hezekiah going, oh, well, it's not going to happen in my lifetime, so that's good. <laughs> and interestingly, um, commentators are mixed on that, like exactly what that means, which is not unlike some of life. So I guess the question is, are we going to trust God or not? God heals Hezekiah from his illness and teaches him humility and obedience by what he suffered. And yet, he responds in a way with this tragic display of short-sighted faith. Today, my friends, we wrap up with Psalm 68. For the choir director, a Psalm of David, a song. God arises. His enemies scatter and those who hate him flee from his presence. As smoke is blown away, so you blow them away. As wax melts before the fire, so the wicked are destroyed before God. But the righteous are glad. They rejoice before God and celebrate with joy. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Exalt him who rides on the clouds. His name is the Lord. And celebrate before him. God in his holy dwelling is a father of the fatherless and a champion of widows. God provides homes for those who are deserted. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity. But the rebellious live in a scorched land. God, when... When you went out before your people, when you marched through the desert, the earth trembled and the skies poured rain before God, the God of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. You, God, showered abundant rain. You revived your inheritance when it languished. Your people settled in it. God, you provided for the poor by your goodness. The Lord gave the command. A great company of women brought the good news. The kings of the armies flee. They flee. She who stays at home divides the spoil. While you lie among the sheep pens, the wings of a dove are covered with silver and its feathers with glistening gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings in the land, it snowed on Zalman. Mount Bashan is God's towering mountain. Mount Bashan is a mountain of many peaks. Why gaze with envy, you mountain peaks, at the mountain God desired for his abode? The Lord will dwell there forever. God's chariots are tens of thousands, thousands and thousands. The Lord is among them in the sanctuary as he was at Sinai. You ascended to the heights, taking away captives. You received gifts from people, even from the rebellious, so that the Lord God might dwell there. Blessed be the Lord. Day after day, he bears our burdens. God is our salvation. Selah. Our God is a God of salvation, and escape from death belongs to the Lord, my Lord. Surely God crushes the heads of his enemies, the hairy brow of one who goes on in his guilty acts. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan, 
I will bring them back from the depths of the sea so that your foot may wade in blood and your dog's tongues may have their share from the enemies. People have seen your procession, God, the procession of my God, my King, in the sanctuary. Singers lead the way, with musicians following. Among them are young women playing tambourines, singing, Bless God in the assemblies, bless the Lord from the fountain of Israel. There is Benjamin, the youngest, leading them, the rulers of Judah in their assembly, the rulers of Zebulun, the rulers of Naphtali. Your God has decreed your strength. Show your strength, God, you who have acted on our behalf. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings will bring tribute to you. Rebuke the beast in the, knee, in the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples. Trample underfoot those with bars of silver. Scatter the peoples who take pleasure in war. Ambassadors will come from Egypt. Cush will stretch out its hands to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praise to the Lord. Selah. To him who rides in the ancient highest heavens, look, he thunders with his powerful voice. Ascribe power to God. His majesty is over Israel. His power is among the clouds. God you are awe-inspiring in your sanctuaries. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. My friends, faith that perseveres to the end is humble before the sovereignty of God, obedient to the will of God, confident in the justice of God, patient in suffering, trustworthy in speech, prayerful in sorrow and loving toward sinners. And I pray that his word speaks to you even when I didn't read very well today. I love you. Amen. Amen.